single. Capture the moment. Now, because we have a good percentage of young people here today, we're going, we're going to talk about this message, which was the original intention for the camp meeting, single. Capture the moment. That means make the most out of where you are in life before you connect your life with someone else. But we also want to share this message in the context of parents capturing the moments that our young people need to capture and helping to guide them in this process because we really want to prepare them and we could say better than we were prepared, right? Mm -hmm. We had good examples in our parents. Uh, They were very steadfast and they didn't give up on their marriages, which we're very thankful for. But we, we could have had um, better preparation, right? Yes. There's always room for improvement. That's right. Always room for improvement. There's things we could have done personally to be better prepared as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Not just what our parents could that's have right. done. So it's going to be a message that's shared in both directions today, and you'll see how that's going to work. Because, first of all, we need God to capture our hearts. Are we willing Are we willing to let him really have access to us to really surrender ourselves and our children? Now, we have three children. We'll always have children, but they're grown up now, and two of them are married, and they're all on their own. But they're still our children, right? (laughs) They always will be. So we want God to be able to capture our hearts, and we want to facilitate that God will be able to capture the hearts of our children and that we can do the best that we can do in preparing our young people for what's ahead for them. So life is made up of many phases we go through, right? I was just listening to some of the children in line today. I think it was for the breakfast and the lunch. They were excited about the fact that they're going to be five on their next birthday. Or they're going to... And and then I'll be... You know, and then one of them said, well, I'm going to be eight, but I have, you know, two more years away. I'm thinking, wow, I want to count backwards. I don't want to count forwards, right? Life is full of changes, phases of life we go through. And children are very excited about life, aren't they? Got a tick on Making me? Making sure that wasn't a tick. Okay, good. It's not a tick. You're wasn't safe. a tick. <laughs> but are we excited about life and the phases of life we're going through? So as parents, as children... As young adults, as youth here today, we're going to be looking at the various phases of life that we transition through. We come as infants in arms. We nurture them. We spend a lot of time teaching them how to, you know, even put their shoes on or comb their hair and all those early training things. And then it seems like life begins to accelerate, right? Once they get some of these basics understood... It's like they start going ahead of us. So we want to keep up with our young people. We want to transition through life with them. And we want to, all through this process, help to embed in them this passage from Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Now, while that may seem like we're talking to the teenage years here, we are. We're talking to the young adults, but we're also... It must begin, we need to begin where we are. If we've not started doing that training, this is the day it needs to begin. And if we haven't had that training, we need to have our hearts as adults remembering our creator, where we are in the stage of life we are in. So, just interested in, and you can raise your hand as we ask this question. Can some of the young people here give us an idea of what you want to do with your life? What do you want to be? How do you want to use the talents that the Lord has given you? Just raise your hands. Raise them high so we can see see your hand. Yes, Jordan. Jordan wants to be a nurse. Very good. Anybody else? Hannah. A counselor. Okay, Hannah wants to be a counselor. All right. Okay. Now, now I'm going to back up just before we come to you. 
for Jordan and for Hannah? Is that something that you dreamed about since you were a child or something that as you grew older, you've developed the interest in? Definitely developed. Okay, Hannah, definitely developed. Now, there's some of you children out there who have dreams of what you want to do when you grow up. Who wants to share some of those? Yes. Oh, you want to be a doctor. That's good. And how old are you? Seven. Yes. Okay, Okay. we'll go right (laughs) behind you. Go ahead. A what? A A garbage man. A sanitation engineer. Okay. Very good. (laughs) This young man wants to be a sanitation engineer. All right. That's good. We need... We need good sanitation engineers. Yeah, that, that's another name for a garbage man. And you know what? They do quite well. I mean, they, there's always garbage to collect, right? So that's a job that's pretty good with security. <laughs> okay, let's that see. That could change as, you know, things develop right here. A veterinarian. A veterinarian, okay. Okay, let's try this side of the room right here. A soldier. A soldier. Okay. All right, you're starting out by being a soldier for Jesus right now, right? Okay, Hopefully. back here, I think your name was David, right? Okay. Sorry. A pianist? Okay, very good. very good. Back here in the back. Big voice. A veterinarian. veterinarian. Okay. Yes. A missionary. Very good. Okay. Caleb. Graphic designer. Yes. An anti-venom maker. Okay. Ooh, that's very good. That's good. Hopefully you'll be around when I, because I don't like snakes. And so, anyway. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Brother Ty said a biochemist. Yeah. Somewhere in there, that kind of thing. Very good. The point we wanted to make is that our children have dreams, don't they? You children, many of you, and some of you, if you've gotten older, have had enough experience in life that you see, ah, this is the track I want to take. This is the course I want to take. But what are we doing, children, what are you doing to gain your goals? So we're going to be talking about capturing the moments of education. You see, there's something that happens between a dream and the, the successful fulfillment of a dream, right? And some of that is very hard in the middle, meaning that in order to be a veterinarian or a nurse or a doctor, that biochemist, edu- a biochemist that's a big one. <laughs> That work in between the dream and the fulfillment sometimes can be difficult. And sometimes we can not like the process that we go through. How many of you young people are in school right now? Raise your hands. Come on. Let's see. Put them up high. We want to really see. Want to see. How many are in school? Okay. Okay. And... uh, I was going to ask you to raise your hands on this one, but I think I won't. Because <laughs> I don't want to make anybody feel bad. But you think about this. How many of you really love your schoolwork? Okay, well, we have some willing there hands we here. Go. here and here. Very good. Okay, that's about... Moms and dads, are you looking? About 10%, okay. <laughs> Could be worse. Because sometimes the process that we have to go through, and this is the process of capturing the moments as young people, young adults, and it's also a process of capturing the moments as parents in facilitating our young people to make the most. And sometimes as parents, our job is to motivate, okay? Not drag, but motivate. Yeah, you know, we've all tried pushing, right? (laughs) You know what that's like? It's better to motivate. And so we can be praying for ways to to help motivate this process. And the young people and the young adults here 
can be cooperating with that process because you want to attain your goal. So now we're going to make it really practical, children. Are you listening? How many of you... Okay, let me not ask it that way. This is May. How many of you outside of... When you go home from camp meeting are still going to be in school? Let me see your hands. Most of you that are in school are still going to be doing schoolwork when you get home. I was going to ask how many of you are doing it here, but maybe mom and dad gave you a little break while you're at camp meeting. I don't know. But anyway, there... I'll leave that one alone. (laughs) So here's the challenge for you. You have dreams. You have goals. You have desires. So when you go back home on Monday and it's time to get the school books out or it's time to get on the school bus or whatever you do to go to school, are you going to be excited about what opportunities you have to learn? Who would like to answer that question? One and a half. (laughs) Well, okay, that wasn't even a half. (laughs) The point is, we cannot attain to our desire of life in temporal life or in the spiritual life by just having the thought or desire. We have to make choices. And so for you young people and you children here, you young adults here, and I know the young adults, they've probably figured this out by now, right, Levi? You pretty much got it figured out. That if you're going to, I know Parker probably has, or at least Jordan back there, he's got a big smile on his face. But the, the point is, is that we need to make choices now when the math lesson comes out, when the spelling book comes out, when the English lesson comes out, or the French lesson, or whatever it is language you're studying, that is the moment to capture that little block of time. Because that little block of time, invested properly, is going to prepare you to fulfill your dreams. And as we capture those moments in our education, we will also parallel it and we capture the moments of life. We can also be capturing those moments of time to invest in God's plan for our lives. In Proverbs, the fourth chapter and 23rd verse, it says, keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Now, in uh, Paul's message last night, he was talking about, you can take that word in many cases and translate that to keep keeping our mind, keeping our thoughts. And one of the hardest things for students to do in school is to keep from being distracted. Okay? We homeschooled our three young people all the way through, um, all the way through high school. And one of the most difficult things was keeping them from being distracted. Okay? Sometimes we think of this verse, to keep the heart with all diligence, just in terms of relationships. You know, as young people get older and they come to the age where they, you know, can begin to, to be considering, and we'll talk about this in a few minutes here, but this heart keeping has to do with our education in school as well. Keeping our thoughts, keeping applied, being diligent to keep focused on the things that are directly before us, which is capturing the moments of time now so that what comes ahead will be successful. And so then we as parents need to capture our moments of time. And we need to help our young people keep capture their moments of time so that we can be good examples and help them to stay focused. It's something that we work together on as a family. Explore your children's ideas Because children are dreamers. When I was a little girl, I dreamt of being a missionary nurse. And that's what I wanted. That was the goal I set. And I thank the Lord that that was ingrained in me at a young age, probably first or second grade in school. I was fascinated by missionary stories of the nurses out in the middle of wherever, somewhere, you know, third world country in the world. I was so enamored by those things. That was my goal. And because of that, young people, it kept me on course. My parents were good to guide me, but that desire, that motivation, that goal in life kept me focused 
So that as I got older, I, I kept fine-tuning and fine-tuning my course in life. It helped me to keep from getting into just um, social relationships that would have not been a good thing. It kept me from getting distracted into other interests. It kept me focused to attain the goal, and it was a worthy goal to attain. And you know what? I grew much through that experience. So we as parents can help our young people And many of you parents here today have heard what your child would like to do. So explore that with it, with them. Talk about it. And they may change their minds. I mean, you know, Jordan back here, he's talking about being a nurse. That's not something he dreamt as a little boy. Oh, someday I want to be a nurse. I'm sure it's not was his dream. But as he went through numerous things, different ideas of careers and occupations, he he funneled it to this. There's a purpose. There's a reason in that. And so after the meeting, we can all go ask him why it was. But in the meantime, the point is that we as parents need to help direct our young people. That's important to help them capturing the moments. And as we have grown up together as a family and as we have watched many other families grow up, Part of the tragedy that we have seen in many families is that there isn't a a desire or an awareness in many cases to really capture those moments, either as parents or children. You would probably be shocked if we told you how many families and young people that we know today, real-life people, whose young people don't have direction in their 16, 17, 18, 19-year-old life. They don't have direction. And part of that reason is because there hasn't been time where the parents have really been focused on tuning in to the individual needs of each child in the family. Very different needs. Every child is different, and we need part of our responsibility in capturing our moments is to really tune in and explore those needs with our young people. Take time, consciously take time to be interested in those needs and, and help them develop not just their talents or where their strengths and weaknesses are and work on those, but actually helping them explore themselves with God so that they can come to the point where they do have clear direction and a focus that they know God is leading them in. So now we want to look, we're looking at several areas today. One is education. We spent a bit of time on that. Now we want to look at capturing the moment in the area of finances. Now you think, what does that have to do with parenting? It has a lot to do with parenting. Or with young people. Or with the young people. Because real life is going to go by very fast. And I know some of you here today with older young people, you realize how fast it's gone by, right? Amen. Back here? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it just seems like when they're, when they're babes and they're toddlers and they're, you know, you're first starting those early years, it seems like a, almost, not, I won't say forever, but it's a long time, you know? But all of a sudden... It's, it starts moving pretty it, quick. It moves very quick. And they get into this age here, the early teens, and it starts to accelerate. By the time they get to their late teens, it's accelerating even more. So now is the time to capture the moment. Do we know, do our young people know, not just what they want to do, but do they know how to get on in life? Do they know that life just isn't um, given to them on a silver platter? That it's going to take resources, finances to survive in this world, right? Part of the reason we have occupation is to earn a living so that we can have a home to live in, a vehicle to drive, food to eat, clothes to wear, and the basics of life. But we have to help our children understand how they can begin at their ages to capture the moment of saving and having direction in saving their money. It was interesting. Recently we were doing... Uh, meetings in another location, actually in another country, and a gentleman came up to me who I found out later was a very extremely wealthy person. Okay, Now, I figured out very quickly in our conversation 
that he had a lot of money, but I didn't have any idea how much money he had. But he came up and he started talking about his daughter, who, who was in her late 20s. And within, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of our conversation, I realized that this man had handicapped his daughter. She, had ne- she never knew what it was to make a bed, to cook a meal, to clean the house. She had servants. They had multiple servants, okay? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with servants, although I don't know what that would be like. <laughs> but <laughs> they had many of them, okay? But here's the man, because we share a simple message like this, and the man's heart was agitated, okay? Not against us, not against the message, but it's like his eyes were opened, and he says, what do I do? Here's my daughter, and I'm sitting there, or standing there with him, and realizing that Okay, obviously this guy has a lot of money because he's got all these servants. He has a huge house. His daughter's never... You know, and the devil, I'll just be very honest with you, the devil sometimes tempts you, you know, are you going to really tell this guy the truth? (laughs) That's the thought that went through my mind. And then the Lord is calling us to faithfulness, right? And I chose to be faithful to the Lord. I mean, not to be hard on the man, But I said, do you want me to tell you the truth? He said, yeah, that's why I'm standing here talking to you. And I said, basically, you've handicapped your daughter. And unless you want to spend the rest of your life and her life paying her way and giving her no challenges and never finding out what it's like to have to go on her own and work and and earn earn money and, and, and really deal with some of the hard issues of life... Something has to change. And I didn't know how he was going to take that. Okay? But he took it very well. It was actually a refreshing thought to him, and he appreciated the challenge. And so I don't think any of us are at that end, okay? Or most of us maybe not at that end where we're so... I mean, I found out later this guy is so unbelievably wealthy, okay? But some of us may be at the other end, okay, where... When it comes to our finances, we just don't have a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it that we can just put here and there and and everywhere. But whatever we have, the best thing we can do is practically teach our children how to manage as stewards the money that we have and the money that they will have. And whether we're rich or poor or somewhere in between, we can help our young people learn how to be stewards of their nickels and dimes and make sense out of finances, okay? And that's another area that many of us have failed at as parents. We were fortunate in that both of our parents, both sets of parents, were very good financially as stewards, okay? As a result, we didn't, you know, a lot of marriages that we deal with that are in trouble are marriages that cannot get along because of finances, okay? The, the finances are a big stressor in, in homes today. We both came from families that saved, and that was a blessing, okay, that knew how to handle money. But many parents today are not teaching and training their children how to use money because parents are still fighting over money. Parents haven't come to agreement on money. And I say that we need to capture the moments as parents, to resolve our differences. And if I was raised one way and she was raised another way, that doesn't matter because Christianity supersedes how we were raised. And we can go to God's word and we can find out that we do have an accountability as stewards and that instead of fighting over the fact that maybe I can't keep a dollar in my pocket because I've got to spend it on something, and my wife doesn't want to spend anything, and we just can't agree on it, we can say, what saith my Lord concerning the matter, and capture the moments financially, and then help our children not to be handicapped in the same areas as they grow up. So there's different ways we can do this. And I know, again, as, as our children grow older, 
they get motivated and they, they want to earn their own money. I mean, let's see a show of hands from children. How many of you want to earn your own money? Can you put your hands up? Good. Okay, there's quite a few of you. And the older they are, the, the more interested they become, it seems. So we, we have explored and we encourage you to explore and look for ways that you can find simple things your children can do to help capture those moments. Not, so they learn the valuable lesson that money doesn't grow on trees. You've heard that expression. But you work for your, your finances or your resources. And there's numerous things children can do. So we leave that. We might give you a couple ideas. But really explore where you live, what talents they have. We chose not to give our children allowances. I know that's a very popular thing. It has been even when I was a girl. My girlfriends all got allowances at home. I didn't get anything. We, we did the duties of the home because we were part of the home. And that's the way we raised our children. But we looked for odd things that they could do. And, you know, sometimes it was clearing land for somebody or mowing a lawn or washing somebody's windows or helping somebody pull weeds in their garden or whatever it may be. Look for ways your children can earn money. And then teach them how to deal with it. Capture those moments in the small amounts. Help them learn how to manage it, how to make wise decisions, how to always save something that they don't spend every penny they earn. Amen. And that will help them as they grow older and they get more resources in their hands. They will be better able to make wise judgments on how to spend that. One of the things we chose to do is we knew approximately how much money we spent on each child every year for their basic needs, clothing, shoes, all that type of thing. So we said to them at the beginning of each year, we will give you this certain dollar amount. That is yours to manage. It is not yours to go out and buy a new bicycle with, because number one, it wouldn't have been enough for a new bicycle anyway. But it's, it's for your, we want you to manage this money for your needs. Because when children see something, oh, I, I like that. Can I get, Daddy, would you get that? I mean, don't you hear this all the time, right? You go to any store, and what is the most common scene you see? A child screaming for something they want or demanding something they want or begging or crying or throwing a fit for something they want, right? Because children haven't learned, no. Children haven't learned how to manage those things. So um, we gave them the money, and then they would have to, they had to keep a ledger of it. It came in on January 1. They wrote down the amount. Then through the year, when they would need something, they needed a new pair of shoes. They needed a new pair of pants. They needed a new blouse. It was interesting to watch because the deal was at the end of the year, if they had funds left over, that became theirs to save. And it didn't have to be used for their basic needs. And at the end of the year, they all had things left, some more than others. But it was also interesting to note that the things they, they might have and would have been asking for all of a sudden now that they were holding, shall I say, the purse strings, they weren't so eager to part with because they had a goal at the end of the year to have something left. And it was a, a good way to begin to instill how to capture the, the little moments of time in the small areas of life that will grow bigger and bigger and bigger as life changes and we mature. And there's just something very basic, but we don't want to leave it unsaid. And it, it has to do with the, this whole message, not just finances. That young people, and we as parents facilitating our young people, need to realize that the most basic fundamental preparation for their adult life is to take care of the real needs in a real home every day. Okay? Again, I can't say how many people we, we end up talking to who when it, they, they end up starting, they, they start off something like this. Oh, my, my child does this, and he does that, and she does this, and she does that. And they go through this whole list of things, many of which we've experienced in our own home, okay? Well aware of, but we find out as we talk a little bit that many of these young people are not being given daily chores, activities, and responsibility. They're left to play. And they become very disgruntled, okay? <laughs> Unhappy when just left to play. 
And so this is a basic fundamental that every young person in this room, and for the most part I may be, you know, preaching to the choir, okay? But it never hurts to have a good reminder. That is that every young person here needs to learn how to do everything real in a home. How a home operates, okay? That means they need to know very well how to clean a toilet, very well how to bake bread, very well how to take care of the laundry, every aspect of it from sorting it to ironing it to putting it away. All these things are real life. And it is amazing how many people we end up counseling, and Paul and Carolyn, who have situations where my wife can't even cook. And you just found that out? Yeah. Well, how come you didn't find that out when you were getting to know her on the other side of the altar? Oh, I took her out to eat. I mean, we had a great time. Really had a lot of fun together. Oh, so you really didn't know her, did you? (laughs) No, not really. Or I find out my husband, he can't keep a dime. He spends everything. Oh, you just found that out? You didn't know that before you got married. We can't afford to leave our young people handicapped, brothers and sisters, parents, right? And we can't afford to leave them indulged, the poor little things too little to sweep the floor. Maybe if they're 18 months. Maybe that's too little to sweep the floor. But certainly not at two years old, okay? They can begin doing things that we often put off because it takes us extra time. So we want to help our children capture the moments of the day to prepare them for real life in a real home. Well, we want to move on to number three, emotional relationships. Okay? Now this is going to move us more into the, to the young adult. Okay? Capturing the moments as young adults preparing for marriage. But not exclusively. Okay? We need to help our children deal with their emotions too, parents, when they're little. Because if we're not dealing with it there. But this, this has to do with very specifically We want no broken hearts, okay, in relationships, okay? So we're talking about more narrowed focus here, friendships that develop into relationships, no broken hearts. That means, and we experienced this in our our family with, with our girls before they got married, this means that if you're exploring a friendship, okay, you're you're just normal friends. And sometimes young people say, and ours ask this, so how do I know if I'm a normal friend? <coughs> well, our young people had lots of friends. And so we said, okay, name some of the friends that you have. And they would name off, you know, six or ten friends that they had that they might be corresponding with. How often do you correspond? How often do you talk on the phone? How often? Oh, once a month, once every two months, three months, whatever. And so is this friendship that you're developing right now, is it normal? I don't think so. Why? Because he, wants to, the rest. he wants to talk like every day. <laughs> oh, so is that a normal friend? So define these things because what we want is no broken hearts. Okay? We had a young man that grew up in our valley, the family, their family and our families grew up together, basically from when our children were young. Great friends, best friends, all the children were very good friends, had a very good family relationship, and as our oldest and their oldest got into their early 20s, the young man came to us and said, you know, I've known Allison for many years. And I respect her, and I've come to appreciate many things about her. And he said, I'm, I'm asking you if, if I could deepen this relationship and explore it and see if God has something further than just the friends we've been over the years. Now, I really respected this young man for that, appreciated the, the way he approached it. But, you know, they didn't, they really didn't go anywhere in that relationship. They, they realized that, Friends they were and friends they would remain. 
there were no broken hearts. There was neither of them saying, oh, just tore my heart out, okay? Or all the pain and hurt. And that's because as they went in this exploration of the relationship, they did not throw their affections into it. When the affections get involved, then hearts get tangled and heads get messed up and thinking processes change and the rose-colored glasses come on. You know, you can't see things clearly and you get into problems. So if we don't want any broken hearts, we don't want to break his heart or her heart, we don't want to break mom and dad's heart, we don't want to break God's heart, We don't want any hearts broken. And if you can conduct a relationship on that basis, you'll marry your best friend. Okay? And you'll know that this is God leading you into this relationship. And it won't be because he's just Mr. Wonderful or she's just, you know, fabulous, but you can't see any of the other defects or faults. Good job, dear. Just got on a roll on that one. I did, you did. (laughs) So, here's some heads up, and this is basically targeted at the older older youth here, teens, 20s, later teens, I should say 20s, not the 13s, okay? But I'm going to address it there because you know what is happening in, in our society today. Relationships in boyfriend-girlfriend type relationships are developing, not even in the teen years, it's in the early years now. Seven, eight, nine-year-old, they have boyfriends and girlfriends. And this is something that is, the mind is not prepared. There's not enough experience in life. There's not enough maturity in the body and mind to handle those kind of, uh, they are emotional relationships. And any of you here who are married know exactly what we're talking about, right? Just because you marry your best friend doesn't mean that life doesn't present some challenges even living with the love of your life, right? Absolutely. Would everybody agree with that who's married? Okay, so we're all on the same page. So we have to not allow that for our, young, our little ones to get into, and that is becoming popular today. I mean, very popular. The other thing that's becoming quite popular is that God designed it to be a pursuer and a pursued. Which did God design it to be? Which is to be the pursuer? Speak, Come on. Speak. And which is designed to be the pursued? Say it again. The A little woman. bit weak. <laughs> Female, woman, whatever, okay? The young lady. What do we see happening? Reverse, exactly. And you know, it used to be in the old days, old days, you define that, yeah, old, days, old days, that it was dads watching out for their daughters. Now dads and moms better be watching out for their sons. Because the girls in society today, in Christian culture society, within groups even like this, have not been taught properly, and they are becoming the pursuers. And it's interesting that the scripture has something to say about this, and often it is they use different means to capture the attention of the young man. We were at one camp. I won't say which one it was. Our son was 19. He was there. He was, we, we were all at the family camp together. And this young lady walks up to him. Wants to, he's walking back toward the, the cabin. It was quite a distance. And she caught up to him and wanted to walk alongside him. There's nothing wrong with that. And her questions began like this. Um, what age do you think you want to be when you get married? How many children do you think you want to have? And she went on and on and on like this with all these kind of questions and everything he said, and I'm not sure he even really thought it through. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's just how many children I want to have. That's just, it's like, whoa. And it, you know, it, and, and every time he came out, the, not every time, but often when he came out the door, she was right there to intercept and be his his what? Chaperone. Chaperone. His, his companion in walk to and from the meeting with these types of questions. Now, would you call that a, a young lady who's reserved and directed? Or is this a young lady who's out to find a man to hook her life up with? And at 17, 18, 19, 20, especially under those teen years, 
you know, a lot of life changes. There's a lot of changes that happen in life. And although she may have agreed with our son at that age, she probably wouldn't agree with him at the age he is today. And obviously they're not together. But anyway, the point is, young ladies, we, we appeal to you that you learn to be discreet and to be content and to be a Christian young woman, allowing God to do the matchmaking and not you try to, to push yourself forward. And so for you young men, we want to just tell you the, the principle here in Proverbs 6.25, because it says, the wise man wrote this, Lust not after her beauty in thine heart, in thine mind, neither let her take thee with her, who knows what the rest of the verse says, eyelids. <laughs> now, I can't do it very well, but, <laughs> you know, some of, the, uh, some of the eyelids out there today, we saw one recently, and I said to my wife, I mean, these eyelids, I don't want to exaggerate, but these eyelids were so long. The eyelashes on the lids. Thank you. The eye, thank you, dear. These eye, yeah, yeah, the eyelids were normal. <laughs> they went up over the eyebrows, okay? And I said, certainly that lady must know that everybody knows those are phony. <laughs> I mean, why would anybody even want to do that? But I tell you, when she was doing this, they really made a lot of activity. <laughs> and this is what the Bible says we need to watch out for, okay? Men, young men, watch out for it. Don't let them get you with their beauty that you're thinking about. Get it? That you're thinking about. Paul talked about that, so we don't have to go into that. And their, their eyes. Because there's a lot that happens with eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, dear. Oh, I thought you were doing a good job, but you're talking to the boys. Okay, boys. <laughs> boys, one more thing before we leave boys here, young men. When we're talking about heart keeping and emotions and no broken hearts, we're talking about no secret life. Boys are girls. Boys are girls, but I'm speaking boys. You said to speak the oh, boys. Right, I'm sorry. speaking the boys. Okay. Girls, that's for us too. <laughs> okay. No secret life. And age appropriate here understands what I mean by that, okay? And if we have those things going on, I have talked with so many men who think that it'll never show up later in life or it will be taken care of because of some of the choices that we make later in life when we get married and those things will go away. But I tell you, we have some heartbreaking marriage discussions with couples who are going through where those secret life choices lead men and now more and more women because of the accessibility of bad choice materials available at the touch of a a screen. And so keeping the heart means keeping all of the heart in the secret life There's none of that going on. And if there is, take it to God. Don't excuse it. Don't rationalize it. Don't say, well, other people do it. No. Ask God what he would have you to do because there can be no secret life in a healthy relationship that God's heading you for if time lasts. And lastly, but not the least, we want to talk on capturing the moment spiritually. Can I say one other thing? Oh, honey, you can say anything you want to do. Just thought of one other thing. This is vitally important for relationships. Now we're talking in this age category that it's appropriate for you to be considering a life companion. Okay? So this is no longer the teenagers. Growing friendships. It is after the teenage years have ended. They end at 19. It's after that where we're talking about. Okay? If you see a developing friendship developing into something more than a friendship, and your parents are in agreement with it, and her parents or his parents are in agreement with it, then be in agreement that you're not going to let your physical contact ruin a good relationship. 
And I mean any physical contact initially, okay? I'm talking about no hand-holding, no arm around the shoulders, none of that, because those of us who understand it know that there is some biochemical electromagnetic reactions that happen, okay, that are difficult to explain to a person that doesn't understand it, but if you go there, it affects your brain, okay? It makes you overlook things that you would not otherwise overlook. It goes back to those rose-colored glasses. So, make a commitment, and we're thankful that in both the relationships that our young, our girls got involved in, that in, in each case, there was an agreement between the young man, our daughter, and the four parents that we would be actively involved in the progression of their relationship. They wanted it. They respected us, and they appreciated our input. Okay? They paced it. And for our, yeah, for our middle daughter, Emily, we really paced it. And they didn't always like it, okay? Just like I, I was hearing um, some of the Kennedy young people talk about typing today, I was amazed that they can type so fast. Some of them, 100 words a minute. And they were talking about it wasn't always fun when they were learning how to type, but th- that expectation has paid off really big time for them now in, in the electronic age that we're in. So sometimes we don't like the process, we like the product, okay? And our children have always come back to us and said, even through the hardest things, yeah, thank you for doing that. So we paced them and we said, look, the two of you say that you can't realistically get married for two years, then you better keep your physical contact right here at this level. Because if you get too cozy... And too much physical contact, you are... Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just got a signal. Okay, I know. Just remember we have a... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was remembering that. Sorry. <laughs> Nonverbal communication. That was good. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to become too focused just on these late, you know, early, early 20s. But we need to pace it. Okay? Because... If it moves too quickly, it's hard. Once the horse partly gets out of the start gate, it's hard to pull them back in. So we really want to be sensitive to that as parents and as young adults when we're in that situation. All right, now we're ready to capture the moment spiritually, right? Thank you, dear. Which is really all of what we've been talking about because each one of these areas will affect our spiritual life. And so we want to look at, are we taking the moments of the day? Are we in tune with the Holy Spirit? Are we starting our day, capturing at the beginning of the day, to connect our hearts and our minds with God, to be yielded to his will, desirous of doing his will, in tune with his will and his voice, and ready to go through the day? We want to capture those moments at the beginning of the day and during the day, because the Lord is bringing thoughts to our minds and he wants to direct us in our paths, in our decisions, doesn't he? And we need to capture those little moments, those little fragments of time when he speaks softly to our thoughts, giving us a better way, a better decision, a better choice we can make. And the scripture for that is Matthew 6.33, that we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. We as parents need to capture that experience in reality. There were many years that I believed in that experience, but it was not my own. It was my own sometimes. It was my own when I had time. It was my own when there was extra time. Your it own was, intellectual. Or it was... Your own intellectual yeah. concept time. But God wants us as parents to set the example of seeking first his kingdom at the beginning of every day. And then we can truly guide our young people into that experience where that does become the place that they set the tone for their day and for their lives. And then they can capture those moments. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, dear. That's all I had to say. 
Oh, I'm doing almost all the talking. That's okay. I've already talked. So, are we willing, as parents, to take on a new motivation if we haven't already? And that is, if we aren't motivated in some of these areas for just the sake of the area, educationally, financially, emotionally, spiritually, how about this? Because this was an actual motivation for me, okay? When I used to be so inconsistent, it was motivating to me as I looked at my children and I realized that I don't want them to be destined to the same things I was left with, okay? Now, when I say that, I had wonderful parents, but we never had family worship. I had a very loving home, but we didn't understand some of these things when I grew up. I wanted to make a difference for our children. That's a motivation, okay? Even if it's not the highest motivation, it should be love to God, right? Mm -hmm. He died for me. Is that a motivation? Absolutely. Should be. But sometimes it isn't the motivation. It still can be distant or intellectual. But our motivation for our children can be a very good motivation that we don't want to leave them handicapped, that we want something better for them than maybe what we experienced, and we don't want them to go through some of the things that we went through. So parents, let's capture the moments for our young people and for the Lord. Honey, do you want to close us in prayer? Sure. Father in heaven, we are thankful that um, you capture the moment of time that you cared enough for us, that you planned ahead of time for this little speck, this little piece of your created uh, multi-universes, that you made a plan and a way. Should we sin and err, that we could still be redeemed and experience life the way you intended it to be. Thank you for thinking ahead. Thank you for planning ahead. And help us as parents to think and plan ahead and capture the moments of these times for, to prepare our children for their adult life here should time linger. And most importantly, Lord, to prepare our young people to be residents of your holy and heavenly kingdom. We want that for ourselves. We want that for them. Help us as young people, as youth, as young adults, that we don't see life as just a momentary pleasure a party, getting together with our friends and hanging out, but that we look at the moments of time that you have granted us and we use them in the best way possible to prepare our own hearts and our future for what you would have us to do to honor you in this world and again be prepared to live with you forever. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.